technology shapes and influences every aspect of our lives today, and we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future. Coming up... Together with 5G and Internet of Things, definitely will improve the supply chain and people are much more able to be proactive and anticipate any changes and disruptions that we envisage in future. So this federated and compliant, secure and selective way of um, exchanging data um, will be a benefit for um, future supply chains. And I think there will be a very efficient and optimized uh, way of working and uh, without major disruptions like we face today. You're listening to the Future Rhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth, a Nokia original series. We're experiencing a convergence of technologies in the logistics industry. It's one of the keystones of the fourth industrial revolution using 5G, IoT sensors, machine learning, and more to create a more transparent supply chain system. Werner van Nierbos knows all about it. As the CEO of Marlin SCX, he spent his career connecting ecosystems up and down the supply chain. He believes that while small companies will benefit from this evolution, it's the large organizations that will lead the revolution, bringing the SMEs along with them. Marlin's specialty is in the maritime shipping industry. So I began our conversation by discussing how COVID-19 has revealed the weak links in the chain at ports around the world. COVID caused significant challenges to the supply chain globally. Um, and probably have read that in the, in the newspapers. So multiple lockdowns, actually they slowed down or even temporarily stopped the flow of raw materials and finished goods. So disrupting manufacturing as a result. And this disrupted again the supply chain demand and uh, supply, so causing shortage of products, price increases, and create lots of uncertainty. And on top of that, maybe you know, but the Evergreen ship actually blocked the Suez Channel, so leading to a perfect st- storm almost. So the pandemic has actually accelerated and magnified problems that already existed in the supply chain. So how would connected ecosystems have done a better job? Yes, yeah, so today... Supply chains um, are often fragile, lacking end-to-end collaboration, and therefore they are a black box to many people involved. So connected ecosystems will help to increase visibility, transparency, and enable networking with customers, suppliers, and all stakeholders involved. So this transparency and collaboration will allow parties involved to become more proactive compared to the reactive world we live in today. So the more connected we are as a supply chain, the better we are able to absorb shocks like COVID. It's been said that data is the new oil, but you say it's not the new oil, it's the new enabler. How do you convince multiple independent stakeholders to share this new enabler? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's indeed the enabler of, of ecosystems um, and uh, that starts with, with data and visibility. Ecosystems are not the, uh, the a mean in itself. So it's about collaboration, about business ecosystems. Um, and that starts with trust and security and, and data ownership. And about 10 years ago, I was a board member of a data exchange company that created data exchange to a, through a data lake um, where all parties actually shared their data in a big file or a big database. 
Um, and, and that was not optimal because there was a lack of trust because of security issues. Uh, all data was dumped into this big um, database um, and there was no um, sovereignty of, of, of data. So um, the, um, the, the data ecosystems can help here because they can guarantee security and data sovereignty um, and ownership which I think will help there. Now, I understand you've got a relationship with one of the top energy companies in the world to demonstrate the business case for connected ecosystems. How does a large organization create a data-driven ecosystem in the first place? Yeah, so that starts again with a business ecosystem um, and, and, and start with actually building a business case around the value of actually driving um, data and sharing data and, and therefore actually have a better understanding along the supply chain. Large corporations like multinationals, they're often the spider in the web of, of supply chains or big value chains. And they have the, therefore the, uh, the resources and the power in particular to, uh, to build ecosystems. Um, but that doesn't go overnight actually. So it goes step by step. So often you have to actually start with a small system and, and then you go organically. So you're starting with a small system, but you're actually working with a massive company, not a small organization. What's the difference between starting this kind of work in a large organization versus small? Are, are the small organizations even going to be the players that make the ecosystem a reality? At the end of the day, um, they will, and they will benefit maybe most out of it. But it starts with larger organizations, as I said, because they have the, the power and the resources to, to start this, and, and as they are the owner of the, uh, the business ecosystems. But often large businesses, uh, they depend on smaller businesses around it, supporting these larger companies, and therefore they can benefit of uh, being part of such an ecosystem. And, and, and as I said, so the, the smaller companies, they lack that, that, actually, that power to start a, an ecosystem. So they have to join uh, the bigger ones. So this ecosystem, and we certainly don't want to go down the rabbit hole about Bitcoin, but the ecosystems that you create are built out of a private blockchain? I'm not a blockchain expert, uh, to be fair. Um, and I'm not a Bitcoin expert even. However, what I can say is that... Um, Cryptocurrencies and private blockchains, they're not the same thing. So at Marlin, we consciously have chosen to not monetize data, for instance. Um, um, but we, um, we believe that the blockchain solution of Nokia um, is, is a very important one because it actually enables us to securely exchange data and with smart contracts between all parties involved. So they will get timestamps, they will get actually, people will get the assurance and the audibility that everything is executed in the way we, uh, it's supposed to be. How do we quantify the efficiencies, the increased transparency, the faster turnaround thanks to a connected system? Yeah, that's, that's pretty difficult to quantify because um, at the end of the day, it's an end-to-end -end, um, improvement of all parties involved. And it's difficult to assess what's the um, contribution of each and every party. But I do know that we're always looking for win-win opportunities opportunities. Um, and these win-win opportunities between different parties involved needs to become visible. So for example, in my previous role with Shell, I was responsible for global distribution activities across many locations uh, worldwide. 
involving, uh, for instance, the uh, marine supply chain with tens of different parties. And generally, each party uh, tends to build in a slack in the supply chain of about 10 to 20% into their individual piece of the value chain. So if you build that up and, and uh, accumulate all of these inefficiencies, then you can imagine that there is a huge inefficiency in the uh, end-to-end supply chain. So if you're going to optimize that, that will be a huge benefit for, for all people involved. And I can imagine too, you know, companies typically build in a 10 to 20% slack into their business planning. And I suppose what you're suggesting is these efficiencies mean we can eliminate that additional 10 to 20%. And on top of that, actually, there are also other additional improvement opportunities because if you're going to share data, then apparently what people see uh, at the end of the day that there are process improvements possible. For instance, that you build on new technologies and other, um, yeah, other ways of working that were not possible at the first part. So where does 5G fit into the Industry 4.0 maritime port model? <laughs> Good question. I'm not an expert in 5G. But what I do know is that 5G actually enables a low latency, a high bandwidth that makes instant data available everywhere. And that it actually gives access to many more applications uh, in the data exchange. So together with data, with our data marketplace and advanced IoT as sensor technology, you can assure that instant uh, information is available and that will enable lots of opportunities and further optimization in supply chains like we actually investigate today. And I can imagine an increased transparency reduces inefficiency as well. Definitely. Yeah, that's needless to, to say. So therefore, um, I, I believe that 5G and all the new technologies that are actually around the corner will help us to optimize the, uh, the, the, the supply chains. Um, and that start with proper data exchange, uh, which is reliable, which is secure, as trustworthy to all parties involved. So if the adoption of advanced IoT sensor technology is the first step in creating a connected ecosystem, what's the next step? The next step will probably be the analytics of data thereafter. So actually doing better analysis and making better business decisions. Followed probably by, I think, artificial intelligence and continuous improvement and learning faster based on the data available. What are some of the lessons that any organization will have to learn when it comes to applying artificial intelligence to a connected ecosystem? I'm not an expert again in artificial intelligence, but I think that it's at the end of the day, artificial intelligence will help to make better business decisions. But at the end of the day, it will always be human interactions that are important to uh, to, to actually optimize your businesses. So the idea being you leverage the technology, you're not dependent on the technology. Exactly. And some, some parts of the organizations actually might be automated um, where computers actually can actually um, calculate and do better analysis than, than humans are, uh, can do. But um, at the end of the day, people have to interpret it and actually execute it because the businesses we work with are still executed by, by humans. Um, and that won't stop for the coming period, I think. You know, we spoke at the beginning about how data is the new oil or is a new enabler and that you have to convince multiple independent stakeholders to share their data for a connected ecosystem to work. 
What though of more data between stakeholders within an organization? It sounds like there is a cultural change that needs to take place there as well. Yes, definitely. Um, and it starts, I think, with, with trust. Because um, people experience data as, as power. And, and in particular, if you don't share data um, and if you're not willing to share data, then you can't benefit uh, from both sides. So I think that all these parameters like security, um, selectivity of data exchange, um, being able to demonstrate that um, the data is there for a certain period of time between the parties that agree to actually share um, the data is very important to build that trust within an organization and to actually create also the trust outside of organization. So that's the cultural part of it, um, as, as, as you asked me. Now, you're a data connector. You're not actually using the data between organizations when you build this connected ecosystem. Tell me, though, about the state of connecting data. There was a time when it was very difficult to be able to connect two disparate systems. But since then, we've developed application programming interfaces, SDKs. How are we connecting these very disconnected systems today? Yeah, so with the Nokia blockchain solution and the Marlin solutions on top of that, actually we're able to actually act data in a very, very federated way. So there's just one entrance to the data post office, like we are, the data exchange. Um, and then you can exchange among all the people that are connected to our post office. Um, and that makes it very easy. It's a kind of plug and play solution where you just have to have one interface with the post office and then you can access the rest of the world if and when they are connected to our data exchange. So that simplifies the way we are connected in the future. Um, and actually we also reduce costs substantially because APIs, as you mentioned, are often on a mutual basis, on a bilateral basis, rather than on a one-to-many basis. So now that we've connected these different systems, you're using it to help the maritime shipping industry become more sustainable? How so? Yeah, so first of all, of course, because the uh, we are going to optimize the supply chain organizations and the maritime businesses. So they will shorten their supply chains and that will help actually to reduce mileage, to reduce fuels and, and fuel consumption and therefore CO2 emissions. And that will eventually also uh, add to uh, the sustainability and the environment. And, but also good to mention that there are some customers of us that are also actually monitoring actively the CO2 emissions um, with um, uh, sensors and actually directly providing the data to their CO2 emissions so that they also can actually demonstrate um, and, and monitor what their emissions are. And, and similarly, there are some other um, customers of us that are actually willing to share their biofuel production and consumption on a global scale so that they can demonstrate that they have a that they used green fuels rather than fossil fuels and contributing to their environmental footprint. So greater efficiencies means greater sustainability. You're shortening the chains, you're improving the track and trace of everything you do every time you make a footprint using your carbon. Yes, definitely. Do you see a time when supply chains are sufficiently connected to avoid a collapse like we saw with COVID-19? Yes, I think that with secure data exchange of Marlin and Nokia, 
the connectivity solutions we provide will actually end up in full connectivity of all parties involved together with 5G and Internet of Things. And that definitely will improve the supply chains and people are much more able to be proactive and anticipate any changes and disruptions that we envisage in future. So this federated and compliant, secure and selective way of um, exchanging data um, will be a benefit for um, future supply chains. And I think there will be a very efficient and optimized uh, way of working and uh, without major disruptions like we face today. See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas. All by visiting nokia.com slash insights. The Futurhythmic podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia original series.